Hey, this is the Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 35. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to start a new arc, the Arc of Escalation, with Pimp Form Ultimus. But before we do that, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're back for another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? I'm good. What's going down? A whole ton. We're starting our new arc today after a week off of answering listener questions. Oh, yep. It's going to be super great. That's basically what's going on. Arc of escalation. What does that mean, Ryan? Why are we calling it that? Let's tell the listeners what it means after we do our few things of housekeeping. Right, housekeeping. That includes the social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can look at the list that we're going to talk about today, any list we talk about in the futures, any list we've talked about in the past. We're commandercookout at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, hate mail, fan mail, suggestions, no nudes. <laughs> or nudes. Ah, yeah. We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, Patreon, Commander Society, EDHREC.com, YouTube, and I think that's it. I think that you got them all. I think I got them all. We are everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. We're like the colon cancer that's spread up to the heart. <laughs> yes. We okay. take you down every single time. couple things about that. You mentioned the Patreon. Brand new. I did. Shout out to the new Patreons. Yes, thank you very much. A couple of things we wanted to say about that, and we're not going to beat it to death because I don't want to be one of the shows that takes 15 minutes at the start and end of every episode to do the Patreon yeah. shout outs beg for money. Exactly. So this is, this is our version of obligatory begging for money, and really it's going to be telling you that never, ever is there going to be any of our podcasting content behind paywalls on Patreon. Correct. And- Everybody in CCO Nation is the same. That's why we're doing it this way. Okay, so we were talking and we were saying like, okay, do you remember when you were six years old or in grade eight or whatever? You didn't have money. You couldn't get a booster pack. You couldn't get the card that you wanted or you you were in college. You were not having a job and you couldn't play in a tournament because you couldn't afford the entry fee. We don't want anything like that in the CCO Nation. Okay, so if you want to listen to the podcast... It is 100% free and will continue to be 100% free. And if you want to throw us a couple bucks, great. Is there going to be incentive to do so? Yes. Merch? Eventually. Yes. Merch that's, is sweet. That's what we got to say about that. And and I don't want there to be any inequality here because everybody is free and welcome to listen. And thanks for listening. Speaking of listening, CCO Nationalite Max Crandell said that we are his second favorite podcast. Why are we number one? Because he likes the guys over at CMDR Central better. F those guys. Yeah. New beef. CMDR Central. I've never even heard of them. Yeah, they're going down. Mm-hmm. Just like the Christian Coalition Outreach and Nissan. Oh, yeah. Nissan stole our song. What? Ca- Let's pull back the curtain a little bit, Ryan. Yeah. Our theme song is a royalty-free song. Yep. That we got off of one of those royalty-free music sites because you need a theme song. Neither one of us are musicians. So we found a song. What the hell is a multinational billion-dollar corporation like Nissan using open-source music for? Could they not pay somebody to make them a sweet song for yeah. their support kids football campaign? And also, what are the odds? Right? <laughs> Do you know how much free music is online? Like, all of the music in the history of humanity is online. And free And they picked our song. They took our song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody what at Nissan's a fan. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, the CEO of Nissan, friend of the show, or their marketing guy, or like their their media guy, or something. Friend of the show, Nissan uh, marketing guy. Yeah, thanks for listening, Nissan marketing guy, and stop using our song. Also, f you. There it is. Okay, so getting into it, arc of escalation. What does that mean? We are going to escalate commander powers throughout the course of the list. What does that mean? We went on tappedout.net, as you all should, and we found a list maintained by a few guys that we're going to talk about in a second that lists every commander in commander based on their power, tiers them, and we're going to start at the bottom of the barrel with some piece of crap at tier 5, and we're going to build our way all up to tier 1. And when we hit tier one, we're going to do an extra special episode where we may or may not have a guest appearance from somebody. Yep. Ooh, teasers. Yep. And okay, so there are a couple lists like this. There's a couple for multiplayer. There, The lists exist for 1v1. The lists exist for competitive EDH or CEDH. Okay, so we are using the list that is maintained by 
The Giga Beast, Sonnet 666, and Naraj ED. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying any of those names right, but those are their tapped out names. Those are the guys that are maintaining this list. And this is a community a community list. So the rankings are based on comments, game descriptions, I guess power levels of, of what people at large who play commander in a multiplayer setting think are the most powerful commanders. I dig that. So, of course, tier five and four are the biggest and then tier three is a little bit smaller tier two is a little bit smaller and uh, i think this list has tier 2.5 tier 1.5 then tier one you might be in for a few episodes in the arc of escalation but uh i guess the main thing is is we're starting at the bottom and we're working our way up yes much like the cco podcast has done over the last x amount of months yes Ooh. We're encapsulating our journey as a show into a group of shows. Oh, that's exciting. So who are we starting with today? Mistform Ultimus. Who is the Mistform Ultimus, you may ask? We'll give him a quick read. Mistform Ultimus is a 3-3 for 4, one of which is blue legendary creature illusion. Mistform Ultimus is every creature type. That is all. So he's a... Three, three for four with changeling. Yeah, is that is that what changeling is? Yes. How come they just not just errated to changeling? I don't know. Because nobody cares enough. Yeah, nobody cares about changeling. <laughs> changeling Sorry, is guys, I'm a, I'm a little bit sick right now. I'm trying to. I got Kleenex and stuff. That's really gross. Pa- facial tissue for people who don't know what name brand Kleenex is. <laughs> the radio station's probably too cheap to buy Kleenex, anyways. Yeah, yeah is it probably is. Is it? I don't know. I don't You're know. the one that pulled it out of the box, man. I wasn't there. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Misform Ultimus is uh, a 3-3 three, three for 4 every creature type in mono blue. So what would one do with an every creature type in mono blue? I guess play every mono blue lord? Probably. And then turn it into some kind of Voltronic contraption, probably? Yeah. Or one could also play Merfolk Beatdown. Yes, it would be a good backup plan. Or Wizard Control. Also could be done. Or Clone.Deck. Already been done. Uh, yeah, but this can do that too. Bah. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess big range. But, l- but before we get into that, let's get into the recipe a little bit. Let's talk about the actual list because <laughs> you'll, you'll see what I mean when I say there's a range. And the jokes we made the last couple of weeks about how many creatures means you're an aggro deck. How many artifacts means you're a Voltron deck. This guy, 29 creatures. Sounds like a creature deck. Artifacts? 25. Sounds like a Voltron deck. (laughs) Yeah, what the heck? (laughs) I guess Lords in the deck. 11. 11 Merfolk or blue, like blue creature gets plus one, plus one. Right. Or spirit gets plus O plus, or plus one, plus O, right? Plus one, plus one. 11. So doesn't matter what creature type is getting buffed. Mistform Ultimus, Misty, as I call him, will always get buffed. So you could see how it could be a beatdown deck. Yes, and all of your your creatures obviously work on one another, which is good. <laughs> yep, and because there's so many Merfolk Lord, all of the Merfolk Lords are given all of the other Merfolk Lords their bonus. Yes, the illusions and spirits and stuff probably come into play a little bit less of the time. Let's give a couple Merfolk Lords a read, because I don't think that Merfolk is a particularly prevalent tribe in EDH. Is it? Uh, it's I've not, it's tri- not like elves, right? No, I've tried it a bunch of times, and it's never worked. And especially Mono Blue. If you want Merfolk in EDH, you're probably going to have to go like Blue White or Blue Black or Esper even. Yes, or yeah, definitely do both. I mean, the black ones aren't super great, but there are some really great ones in white that gain you life or just make you dudes. Or And, and black is just super great in EDH. <laughs> yes, and black gives you the tutors to find those guys. So let's read a couple of them. Okay, so we got Meryl Regery. He is a 2-2 two, two for two and a blue. Other merfolk creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you play a merfolk spell, you may tap or untap target permanent. Oh, so play a merfolk, tap something, beat in on tapped board. Very good. Uh, we have Lord of Atlantis. He's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Other merfolks get plus 1, plus 1, and have Island Walk. Beat in on the guy who's got islands. Master of the Pearl Trident is a 2-2 two, two for blue-blue. Other merfolk creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. And have Island Walk. And have Island Walk. Just like Lord of Atlantis. Except that it works just for your guys. Ooh. Ooh, nice. Merfolk Sovereign. Other merfolk creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. Tap it. Target merfolk creature is unblockable until end of turn. It's a 2-2 two, two for one blue-blue. Okay, so 
I'm seeing a trend here. We, we've read four lords in quick succession. All of them are pumping other merfolk. So Correct. they're pumping each other and Mistform Ultimus, and they're giving some form of evasion. Correct. Theoretically, they could make themselves all giant beaters, or they could make Mistform Ultimus one giant beater. Correct. That is unblockable if they control islands, or if you tap a guy. Yeah, just straight up unblockable. Yeah. It's like a rogue's passage on a dude. Ooh. Neat. Guess what land I'm playing in this deck? Shocking! Rogue's Passage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that plays out, I guess. And, I mean, you can take a sample of five creatures in the deck. You're going to have either lords of some form or another pumping, buffing. It's almost like a mono blue aggro list when you get five or six dudes out that all provide each other benefit. And there is a surprising amount of creature type overlap, like Merfolk Wizard. Human wizard. There's soldiers. There's soldiers. Yeah, there's there's another one. There is a mercenary. There's a wizard ally. Allies is another thing. There's more wizards. More wizards. Humans. Constructs. Humans. There's all kinds of Uh, more importantly than construct. Mirror. Right. It's playing mirror battlesphere. Mirror galvanizer, which gives all other mirrors plus one plus one, including Mistform Ultimus, and Plague Mirror. Correct. Are you playing? Oh, you are playing Plague Mirror. Look Absolutely. At that. Yeah, I love Plague Mirror. It's one of my favorite cards. And then if you get anything out that's particularly strong, like a uh, Mirror Battlesphere, let's give Mirror Battlesphere a read. I don't think we've ever talked about that card on the show before, and I really like it. Mirror Battlesphere is a 4 7. 4 7. When Mirror Battlesphere enters the battlefield, create four 1 1 colorless Mirror artifact creature tokens. Whenever Mirror Battlesphere attacks, you may tap X untapped Mirror you control. If you do, Mirror Battlesphere gets plus X plus O until end of turn and deals X damage to defending player. And the art is sweet also. So imagine if you had two of those. Neat. Yeah. Imagine if you had two or three of those and a buff from Mere Galvanizer. All Mere get plus one, plus one. You can beat some wholesale ass. Correct. Mere Battlesphere is a very good card on EDH. I'm surprised we never talked about it before. Uh, yeah. What's wrong with us? We I suck. Suppose. It's good, and it, it plays right into the strategy because you've got other pumpers and bonus guys for your Mere. Yes. You can do the whole Mere beatdown if you wanted. We've beat the creatures to death. What else do we got? Instance. Four. Four doesn't seem like a very high amount, but we Not are in a looking... blue deck, especially. Yeah. Well, Cyclonic Rift, do you need anything else? Yes. <laughs> you need Repulse. <laughs> yes, straight out of Evasion. <laughs> yes. Uh, Repulse is a instant for two and a blue, return target creature to its owner's hand, draw a card. Straight out of Invasion is what I meant to say. <laughs> very good, because it uh, bounces a dude and returns... Replaces itself. Very good, because it... Bounces a dude and replaces itself. That's what I meant to say. The hell does Keep Watch do? Keep Watch is an instant for blue two, and it draws you a card for each tapped creature target opponent controls. Ooh. And they round that out with an Into the Royal, which is a instant for blue one. Bounce target non-land permanent to their owner's hand. If it was kicked, draw a card, and the kicker is blue one. Sorry. Keep Watch Instant for blue, two, draw a card for each attacking creature. Ooh, it's from Judgment. Yes. Neat. It has a cellophane on it. You don't know what a cellophane looks like? Look them up. They're quite neat. Yes. Little yes, squid, yes. Little squid people. So I like I like those four instants. You get some card advantage, some bounce, some control, whatever you want to call it, right? Correct. Sorceries, three, and I like these ones even more. Okay, we got Rider Replication, fairly standard for your Mirror Battlesphere that we talked about earlier. Or, or any, any of any your of the lords. lords. Yeah, yeah. You you pay, what is it? It's f- four and then a kicker of five to put five dudes into play? If you play it like regular, it's two, blue, blue. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature. If you kick it, you put five of those into play instead. So you kick it for five, you, and then you put five copies of Morfolk Sovereign onto the battlefield. Yes. Yep. Or Mere Battlesphere, which I think is the optimum play. I very much like Mere Battlesphere. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we also got a Fabricate that finds you an artifact, puts it into your hand. Probably going to find Mere Battlesphere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you've got a Blatant Thievery. That is a uh, Sorcery 4-4, four, four, blue, blue, blue. For each opponent, gain control of target permanent that player controls. Very, very excellent. Yeah. Excellent in EDH. Yeah. So we like those. Artifacts 25 
Now, we've got most of your standard mana rocks. Okay, so we are going to be playing Soul Ring and Mindstone and Cage Sun because it's a monocolor deck. Then there's a whole bunch of things that say if it's a this creature type or plus extra something if something. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Blade of the Blood Chief or Blade of the Butt Cheek. Yes. As we call it at our table. It is an equipment for one. Equip for one. So all in two. We talk about the all in cost lots. Uh, whenever a creature dies, put a plus one plus one counter on equipped creature. Not the not the equipment, the creature. Very important. If equipped creature is a vampire, put two plus one plus one counters instead. So whenever something dies, Mistmore Maltimus gets plus two plus two permanently. Nice. Yeah, I've gotten it to be 35, 36 big. Diviner's Wand is another one. Um, creature type specific. Yes, it's for wizards. Uh, equipped creature has whenever you draw a card, this creature gets plus one plus one against flying until end of turn and four, draw a card. And whenever a wizard creature comes into play, you can equip it for free. And that equips to a lot of the dudes in your deck too, not and just that Mr. Was, Ultimate. that was the redundancy I was talking about. There are a bunch of wizards, maybe eight or ten of them. Plus Mistform Ultimus. Very Which good. it would just equip for free to, and then any spare mana late game, four mana draw card. Four mana draw card. So we've said a magic word in the early part of the episode. That magic word is Voltron. And looking at the artifacts that you're playing, I only see one sword and no Jeet, Ryan. Uh, Was that a conscious decision? Sort of. But I don't have a foil jeet, and this deck is 97% foil, pimp, or otherwise altered. Which is why we call it Pimp Form Ultimate. Pimp Form! <laughs> so we won't spend too much time on the artifacts because we've touched on Voltron over the last few episodes a couple times maybe. Yeah. But there are a few things that benefit humans or creature types specifically. I'm thinking like um, Sharpened Pitchfork and Butcher's Cleaver and True Faith Sensor. They're all things from some form of uh, Innistrad plane. There we go, yeah. And they, they, they're peasant or church-related things that equip to humans and give them some kind of bonus, and it's cute and funny, yeah. right? And I think, in general, the Tier 5 lists are cute and funny or you wanted to build XYZ deck and don't really use the commander, right? That's in the description yeah. for uh, Tier 5 on the actual list. You're not really playing the commander in these games, or you just use the commander for a color, or the commander's not very powerful. Yes. And like, you know what? That's why I like Mistform Ultimus, because he can actually suit up and beat wholesale ass. Or yes. he plays like an actually established, I guess, archetype or list in real formats like merfolk in modern or legacy is or was at some time like uh the deck yeah and this guy can play that yes he can he, and he means mono blue too so you could just play a mono blue deck with a janky commander and everybody you, you just... could just play mono blue dot deck but i don't want to be that guy who's just <laughs> better than you right <laughs> okay so moving on enchantments one enchantment oh it's my favorite one of all time it's Eldrazi conscription Speaking of beating wholesale ass. <laughs> it's an Eldrazi Aura for eight. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus ten. Plus ten. Has trample and annihilator two. Most excellenty. So good. So when annihilator, when a guy with annihilator attacks you, before anything else, you are sacrificing two permanents. Yes, X things. Yeah, annihilator two, annihilator four, whatever it is. Yeah. Lands. 35. That seems like a good number for an aggro deck. It seems like a land deck. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, we talked about Rogue's Passage. That's Voltron card, of course, but I'm also playing Mishra's Factory. I'm also playing Mutavault. Also playing Cathedral of War. Like, these are all Blink Moth Nexus. Sorry, we're not reading all of them. They're all lands that become dudes that then attack. Yeah, lands that become dudes or give bonus to other creature type, which is Mistform Ultimus. Correct. Blink, Blink Moth Nexus has a, an ability that says tap one and it target Blink Moth creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Yeah. Or it becomes a Blink Moth creature. Correct. So if you, let's say, weren't playing Commander and had two Blink Moth Nexuses, Nexi? Nexi? I don't, I don't know how you'd say that. Two 
Blink Moth Nexuses on the <laughs> battlefield, you could make one a creature and buff it with the other one. Or right? you could just use this one to turn himself into a 2-2 two, two blocker. Yes. Combat trick, sucker. And Mutavolt kind of works like that, too. And Mutavolt is basically Mistform Ultimus, but it's a land. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a land. Tap one, Mutavolt becomes a 2-2 two, two creature. That's all creature types until end of turn. Basically, it's a... Oh, yeah, because it, it, yeah, it's my deck. I should know how it yeah. works. But yeah, it just makes it uh, get the buff from every lord that's on the battlefield. Yeah. Except he, for the lords that say blue creatures, because it's colorless. Correct. Yeah. He's a calm lander. Oh! <laughs> I am full of awful jokes, and I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Got me coughing in a coffin fit. Jeez, that was excellent. Okay, two planeswalkers. I'm playing Jace Bellerin. Book Jace, if you will. Yeah, that's uh, Baby Jace, very first one. He's for one blue-blue, comes in with three loyalty, add two, everybody draws a card, minus one, you draw a card, minus ten, target player mills twenty. That sounds so bad by today's standard, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, 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 especially in Commander. Especially in Jace. But I got a sweet, like, hundred dollar f- promo one. It only came with, like, a hardcover novel, right? Book. Yeah. Book Jace. Who wants to buy a book? Yep. And then I'm playing Tezzeret the Seeker, and he minus X's to find you artifact lands. So he's kind of like a ramp spell. So minus nothing gets you your Seed of the Synod. Correct. Which is an artifact land. And then I guess minus nothing gets you your Darksteel Citadel as well. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And his other, like his plus ability is plus one, untap, two target artifacts, which also could be ramp. Which also could be those two lands that you already found with him. Boom! Oh, yep. sweet. So he's good. Okay, moving on. Card draw. Eight cards. We've covered some of them. There's a couple value things like right of replication and blatant thievery that aren't actual card draw, but they are going to net you some insane card advantage. Yes. Blatant you, thievery is a beating. Can you imagine, and this is a play that I've done with this deck before, you have a Seagate Loremaster, which is tap, draw a card for each ally you control, and he is a Morfolk Wizard Ally. So he's touching all the three main creature types in the deck. Two of them for sure. And then you take a Rite of Replication kicked on him. Every one of those is going to draw you six cards when you tap it. Draw 36 cards as soon as he doesn't have Summoning Sickness. That's amazing. And you're probably going to win because you're just going to find your Mirror Battlesphere, your Eldrazi Conscription. You're going to suit up and you're going to go to town. Yes. So this deck can beat wholesale ass. Yes, it can. And that's just blue card advantage, right? That's what that is. Yeah. It, could, it could be drawing, it could be cloning, it could be mass cloning, mass drawing. It does what it wants. Yeah. Okay, so targeted removal, including Cyclonic Rift and Blatant Thievery. I'm counting those. I'm going back to these, these super powerful instants and sorceries. There's four of them, which just move things out of the way so you can get in. I think for the most part, Sans, some expensive counter spells it plays very much like the legacy deck from legacy yeah it's basically just missing the forces yeah i'm not playing forces because f that forces and what's the other thing that they like to play in there standstill and oh i like standstill that the new versions don't play that but um standstill enchantment for blue one the first player to play a spell sacrifice standstill and that player's opponent draws three cards dang so in merfolk you would just like Drop a dude, drop a dude, drop a dude, drop a muta vault or whatever. It's like turn what three? No, it goes turn one, ether vial. Oh turn, yeah, it, turn yeah, that's two, right, that's stand right. still, tick up ether vial, play dudes for free while they're sitting there going. I, I can't play. I can't cards. draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ether vial. I forgot about that card. Yeah. I'm not playing that one in here, but maybe it goes in the list, right? Ether vial. Yeah, definitely. I got a foil one, so it could and just it, get slotted in instead of whatever. You, yeah, you, you, you're all soft on bone splitters and bone saws. <laughs> I had a foil one, so I, of course I stuck it in here. Maybe <laughs> I take it out because it's kind of like a do-nothing card. Really? And uh, Well, compared to play dudes for free. <laughs> yeah, play it's, dudes for free is kind of okay. It's pretty all right. Mass removal, two. And I'm including the same two, Cyclonic Rift and Blatant Thievery. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Blatant Thievery isn't really mass removal. But it gets but rid of all the best stuff. If you are getting the best version of all of your opponent's creatures, you are up one and they are down one. So you're two for wanting every one of your opponents with that card. It's very good. That's why it costs, like, what does it cost? Eight? It must cost eight because you can potentially win the game with it. Only costs seven. Ooh. Because yeah, it relies on somebody else doing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. See, if it cost eight, then it would be the one where you search through their library for stuff. Something like that. Something so, like that. Yeah. But th- I don't think there is one that gets all of your opponents, though. I think there's one that you can search through target opponent's library, find a thing, put it into play. Yes. If you know the card we're talking about, 
Well, there, there's, there's a choir. There's Thada Adele does that when she hits you. She only you. gets artifacts, though. I think a choir is only for artifacts, too. I don't remember. We're so bad at magic. I don't think we're bad at magic. We're just remembering too many cards right now. And you're <laughs> sick and... Oh, yeah. Mana rocks and dorks, 11. Dang. Which is probably a good amount. I feel like that's a lot in a deck like this. <laughs> just, like, looking at the the list, you kind of tap out or top out at three. I don't know if you need that well, much ram. He- here's the thing. Remember, we're playing, like, um, the Mindstone, Commander Sphere, and Caged Sun, which costs six. And the mana rocks, much like the creatures, go all the way from one drop all the way up to six drop. Mm. Seven drop in um, Mere Battlesphere's case, right? Yeah. So at any point in the game... You could be exactly on curve, like one drop rock, two drop rock, three drop rock. F- turn four, you could have your mere battle sphere equipped up with something to beat ass. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it it's just it's kind of very sound in that way from a deck building pr- perspective. When you you can be exactly on curve with your rocks or your creatures and play th- like the beat down creature more folk style, or you could play the beat down big mana or Voltron style. Um, it's just very smooth like that because you're playing a lot of like really good cards. Yes. And it's funny if you if they weren't foil, like <laughs> what what's a what's a um, Lord of Atlantis or Lord of the Unreal in regular cost like fifty cents? The foil yes. ones because they're all legacy cards are like super expensive. Hey, Lord of Atlantis is well, Lord of Atlantis is nine bucks. Oh so no like way! Eighty five Canadian. And I think a foil one last time I was trying to get them. They're like I, 20 bucks. Yeah, they're 20 or 30 bucks. And I have, I think I have two. The I've, foil 7th edition ones are like 300. 7th oh, edition? 7th edition, yeah. F you 7th edition. Get your 7th edition. edition foil, kids. <laughs> oh, man. And if you have a goblin matron from 7th edition that's foil, they're worth like 25 cents. Just send one into the show. For sure. A couple mana rocks of note in this list. We have got Sapphire Medallion which is a two-drop artifact that makes blue spells cost one less to cast. We've got Ethereum Sculptor, which is a creature that artifact spells you play cost one less to cast, and he is a Vidalcan Artificer, which is the shits because he should be a wizard. Vidalcans, <laughs> the that's the bunch of people that they were doing. Then. You know what? Vidalcans are the Naga of your world. Oh, Like he should be a wizard like Naga should be snakes. Oh, you're right. He F should be Vidalcans. a wizard artificer or a Vidalcan wizard. Yes. But he's a Vidalcan artificer. Stupid. Epic fail. Stupid everything. Yep. Not stupid? Not Super stupid. secret tech. That's my other mana rock of note. Super secret tech. Let's give that a read. Oh, I love it. Three. All premium spells, that's foil, cost one less to play. All premium creatures get plus one, plus one. So you, uh, <laughs> y- you now know my super secret tech as to why everything is foiled. Yes. Because it makes Mistform Ultimus bigger. <laughs> and it makes my Eldrazi Conscription and my, my Rider Replication and my Blatant Thievery cost less. Also important of note, that's an unglued card. Yeah, that you'd have to clear it with your play yeah, you got to clear it with the play group, much like Grimlock, much like Goblin Bookie, much yep. like that Triple Strike Goblin from Unhinged. Unstable. Unstable, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, stupid. It's a stupid set. Super secret tech. I mean, everybody's playing foils, so it's 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 just fun, and yeah. I like it. And it does work for your opponents as well. Like, that's a thing, so it's not like you're gaining some kind of advantage because you have an all-foil deck and everybody else is Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Like, it actually <laughs> probably helps me more than you because all my stuff's foil anyway, <laughs> yeah. and I'm playing real cards. How to play. Excellent range. Talked about that already. That's what I love about it. You it's very cool. It's a surprisingly strong deck. You want a beat down? You do Moorfolk. You want you do uh, Voltron? You, you you suit up, right? You want to play control? You got you got some control in there. Okay, but much like Gaddock Teague from two weeks ago, turn one through three equipment. Turn four, Misform Ultimus. Turn five, you're swinging for probably two hits. Yes, two pump chump as we call them. Two pump chump, or you know he's a three pump chump, but you've dealt maybe in in two hits you've dealt like. 18 damage. It's pretty good. Pretty good. You could play him natively. He's a 3-3. You go from 18 to 21 in one hit just by making him unblockable with no equipment on him with like a rogue's passage or something. Correct. Yep. It could do infect. This is a play that I like is you put down your turn to um, Plague Mirror and then ramp a bit 
and then you play a Quicksilver Gargantuan. Quicksilver Gargantuan, easy for me to say, is a 7-7 for 5 blue-blue. You may have Quicksilver Gargantuan enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature, except it's a 7-7. Ooh, 7-7 Plague Mirrors? Thank you. Sounds good. Then you just put one piece of equipment on it. It's probably okay. Don't mind that. The other way to play it, and this is a throwback all the way to Episode 6... Clone dot deck when we did Kami of the Crescent Butt Crack. Yes. So there is only five clones in here, but five is not none. And I'm playing OG clone. I'm playing Clever Impersonator. Yeah, that's a good one because it copies anything. Yep. You're playing Frexian Metamorph is a good one because it only costs three if you are willing to pay two life, and it Co- could become a creature or an artifact. Yep. And then we got Quicksilver Gargantuan. We already talked about him. And the last one is. I call him Shitty Cryptoplasm. It's Cryptoplasm, and he's shitty. Don't play him. He costs three. He's shitty. Oh, you know what? You could probably play, um, uh, what's the spell? It costs three, and then it flashes back for... Cackling Counterpart. Cackling Counterpart. That's probably better than Cryptoplasm, right? Uh, it only co- it only copies your stuff. You should be playing the Vizier of Many Faces. That's is, who you is want. Is that one good? Yeah. Which, a, what does that one do? Let's give that one a read because it's new. I, I remember the name, but I don't remember what it does. Vizier of Many Faces is a clone for two blue blue. It comes into play as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, and you can embalm it for five, which means it'll come back from your graveyard as a clone of something else, but it's also a zombie, and I think it's white. It is also white. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if that's better than Sakashima the Imposter. Mm. Because Sakashima is blue, blue, two, comes into play as a copy of Target Bro, except its name is still Sakashima, so you can copy legendary things. And she got, what, blue, blue, two, bouncer to your hand? So she can copy something else. Kind of like Vizier of Menager, or Vizier of Many Faces. I like Vizier a little better, I guess, just in terms of cost. You know what? Here's We're a buying one. Here's the thing is if you want to clone two things with Sakashima, you are paying four to cast her, four to bounce her, four to cast her again. That's twelve. If you're wanting to clone two things with Vizier, four to cast her, she needs to die, then you pay five. So you're only paying nine to clone two things. Also, foil Sakashima are gonna be way more than foil vizier. Because Sakashima is real stuff. Yeah, I suppose. No, he is. He's he's a real thing. Yeah. Or she. Whatever they. it is. I think it's a girl. Anybody who knows anything about Asian names, Sakashima. Or crappy Gawa. Yeah. Hey. What do we call it? The worst set in magic history? Yep. Totally is. We keep finding good cards from it though, which kind of makes me sad. <laughs> we can find good cards from the dark though. Yeah, that's true. Coming up in our next episode I actually found another one. What? Yeah. Damn it. Dang it. <laughs> so, you could run 18lord.deck or pump equipment. Let's call it 18lord.deck. You could run clone.deck. You could run Voltron.deck. I think if we want to move into the strengths and weaknesses, that's kind of a strength and kind of a weakness. Correct. It's got very wide... It's got a wide array of where you can go, but it doesn't focus hard enough on any one of them to make it super that's, efficient. That's exactly why it's a weakness, because you can you can kind of play the mini faces type game, but you're a jack of all trades and master of none. Exactly. You're a red mage. And you know what happens to red mages? They usually die. Correct. That's a Final Fantasy reference. Okay, moving down the strength category. It's fun. It's nostalgic. How is it nostalgic? Well, if you look backwards in time and want to... Play Morfolk.deck. That was a deck that you have or still have. Had or still have? Still have. Still have. Modern and Legacy. Still fun. Yes, it is. If you like kind of rolling your collection in or out of Legacy and into Commander. Here's a chance. This is a chance to do that for sure. Very much for for that same reason feels like a pet deck. You're playing all your favorite equipments. You're playing all your favorite lords. If you're... If you like Merfolk, you probably like playing blue because you're probably better than everybody. <laughs> you would like this deck. <laughs> it's affordable if you don't foil anything out. You're looking at the tapped out page. It looks like this car, this deck would cost you about $201 American, which would be about $85,000 Canadian. Well, here's the thing. Tapped out is a little bit glitchy right now for whatever reason, and it never used to be, but it doesn't actually have pricing on a significant portion of the cards in the deck. So what I did was looked up the cards that it didn't have a price on, particularly if it it was one of the... um, Special cards that you get in boosters, you know? Yeah, I, I, there's a word for that. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know what it is. Those, the inventions, <laughs> the expeditions. 
if you include the regular price of those cards, 365 bucks. A dollar every day of the year to build, to build this deck. <laughs> that's not too bad. That's that's couch change if you can find a dollar worth of change in your couch every day. Well, if you can find a dollar of change in your couch every day, you should probably go to Patreon.com. CCO podcast, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Throw that in there. Oh, that was bad, Ryan. Yeah. Okay, bad. so it's a little bit of an uncommon build, right? It is a tier five commander, and not everybody just says, I'm going to build this shitty commander. Yes. Everybody's wanting to play the, the, the tier three and above guys because those are the most powerful. Yeah, we'll get to that. Air quotes, in a, funner ones, yeah, right? We'll get, once we're done with the deck, we'll get into that a little bit. Okay, weaknesses. Very much suffers from Zada effect. Yes. 18 lords, that's like all of them or all of them that aren't terrible. Yes, and once they die, they're they're dead. Yeah. Overall, not very powerful because it is a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. It's like a Swiss army knife. It does what you want, but if you need to like slice through the jungle, you need a machete. And Correct. And this is not a machete. Yeah. If you're wanting this deck but a machete, you're probably looking at original Omnath. Yeah. Because you could probably build the same sort of deck around him but use elves instead of merfolk. Elves have more reach and EDH. Green typically has... Because they do the big mana thing, right? Yeah. And they, the big pump thing. Yeah, they ramp, they pump. It you does can, all that you stuff. Can, you can play uh, Big Papa Pump, Crater Hoof Behemoth, right? Like right. you're playing a higher-powered deck. Yes, it's the same deck, but green, and that's why Omnath isn't a Tier 5 commander, and Mistworm Ultimus is. Yeah, and that's exactly leads into my last weakness there, is you could play other higher-tiered commanders that do what this deck does just better. Yes. That's, I guess that's the summation of it. Correct. So, total cost of the deck... 365 bucks if you don't foil anything out. Yes, which of course makes the super secret tech useless. Now, exactly. So you cut that because super secret tech is actually uh, like 15 bucks. Dang. And if you actually wanted to build this deck full on budget, and I know F the budget, that's what you always say, but it runs an <laughs> elephant graveyard from, yeah, you... from uh, Arabian Nights. An elephant graveyard is actually $130. Jesus. So immediately cut that if you don't if you don't want to spend $300. Replace it with Island. Yeah. Swarmyard, nine bucks now. Regenerates a squirrel, spider, rat, or insect, right? right. Cut that, nine bucks. Mutavault, thirteen fifty now because it's a modern card. Harder to cut that one because it's really good in this deck. Very much that so. That would be a painful cut. Another painful cut, Riptide Laboratory or Laboratory. This is a cool card. It's I from, like this one, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a land, taps for a colorless, or you can tap it, a, a colorless, and a blue, return target wizard you control to its hand. It's that's, owner's hand. That's Misform Ultimus during a, a, a Wrath, but it's also a lot of other wizard spells that you want to protect, including stuff like Archaeomancer. Archaeomancer... Um, gets you back a instant or sorcery from your graveyard when he enters a battlefield. He's a one, two for two, blue, blue. So you like that blatant thievery? Do it you, again. You play your Archaeomancer and get it back from your graveyard and you blatant thievery again and then you Riptide Lab the Archaeomancer back to your hand. And do it turn. again. That's actually an infinite turn combo if I were to play a time warp type effect. Yes. So if you like that kind of thing... If you're into that, there you, you go. You could spruce this deck up quite a bit. But we're talking about budget and time warp, not so budget. Correct. Vesuva, 13 bucks. Just a clone. It's a land clone. Yep. That's an EDH thing. Guaranteed. Uh, it, does it go in Tron? Maybe. Yeah, I think it might. CCO Nation, does does Vesuva go in Tron? Yeah, we don't play enough modern to know those things. Yeah. I don't know. Vesuva copying Mutavault seems pretty good. Yeah. Right? So Vesuva copying a Gaia's Cradle sounds pretty good, too. Yeah, that goes back to playing green instead of blue if you mm -hmm. want to do this kind of deck. Well, if somebody else is playing a guy's cradle, you can have one too. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, Elephant Graveyard, Swarmyard, Mutavault, Riptide Lab, Vesuva, $183 worth of cuts. You're cutting the price of the deck literally in half. Yes. And then you've got a deck for under 200 bucks. That's pretty. And, and it's a good deck. And it's that, fun deck. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Tutors. We didn't talk about tutors. No, we did not. It has got actually four tutors in the deck. And that is a lot for... For a kind of a janky <laughs> deck. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Tier five, right? You got to, you got to, you got to, I almost said spice it up, but it spices it down technically. Yeah. Mathematically. Spruce it up. You got to floof it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when you, put you just got to decorations out. Sometimes you just got to find that Lord. Sometimes you just got to find that Eldrazi conscription yeah, because your deck sure. isn't doing what other decks are doing as good as they're doing it. So yeah. you got to make up for that. So let, let's read Sea Hunter because he's my favorite one. 
Sea Hunter is excellent. He is a creature. He's a 2-2 two, two, for 2 blue-blue. 3. Tap. Search your library for a merfolk card. Put that card into play. Shuffle your library. Oh, baby. He's from Masks Block. He's from Nemesis, specifically. Yes. Yep. So we like that guy. And I mentioned Fabricate before and Tezzeret the Seeker, tutors for artifacts. So he counts. And the last one is Trinket Mage. Gets you your soul ring. Gets you a little tiny equipment. Gets you your blade of the blood, blood cheek. Butt cheek. Butt cheek. Come on, man. Yeah. And again, that one is just going to make old Misty into a big 30-30. So, you want that one. Yes, you do. I guess it's time for Card of the the Week. week. You're showing me Oathkeeper Takeno's Die Show. I made him say it. Uh, (laughs) Legendary artifact equipment from... Where's it from, Ryan? (laughs) It's from Crappy Gala. Good Lord. (laughs) Equipped creature gets plus three, plus one. Whenever equipped creature is put into a graveyard from play, return that card to play under your control if it's a samurai. When Oathkeeper Tenkesho's Daisho is put into a graveyard from play, remove equipped creature from the game. Equipped for two. Couple things. There's a whole lot of garbage going on there. Yes. So. That card sucks. Misform (laughs) Ultimus is a samurai. So when he dies, he comes back to play. What? I know. And <laughs> and he gets plus three, plus one. Yeah, that's a, that's a big jump. Plus three, plus one. So he becomes a six, four. Good God. He becomes a, he becomes a craw worm because <laughs> he's also a worm. <laughs> and if the equipment goes into the graveyard, he gets exiled. Big deal. I'll just play him again. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So sick. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Terrible. And it's a dollar. oh that's even in canadian money yeah that's so bad even in canada we'll charge a buck for that (laughs) f the exchange rate we like that for sure milk list milk list milk list is as per edhrec.com the most popular cards per converted mana cost in each color in this case blue brando's gonna read them i am going to do the obligatory yes or no okay let me get my spectacles on here Okay, here we go. At zero, Everflowing Chalice. No. At one, we have Sol Ring. Yes. Cyclonic Rift. Yes. Blue Sun Zenith. No. Thran Dynamo. No. Gilded Lotus. No. Cage Sun. Yes. Scourge of the Fleets. No. Stormtide Leviathan. No. Inkwell Leviathan. No. Omniscience. No. Ulamog Infinite Gaia. No. Blightsteel Colossus. No. Emrakul Promised End. No. Blinkmoth Infusion. No. <laughs> Emrakul the Eon Storm. No. Draco. No. Island. There's a blue deck that plays Draco? Apparently, there's a whole what bunch the of blue hell? decks that play Draco. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. kind of blue deck are you playing? You're playing Draco. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Oh, Nobody from God. CCO Nation better be doing that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Three milk list matches. Pretty good. Pretty dang good. The monocolored lists are where we actually see a high, higher number of matches. Yes. And I don't think it's because you're so limited. Like, each color has, like, thousands of cards, right? Yeah. But... I don't know, maybe just the powerful ones are that much more powerful in monocolored. I, I don't know what it is. Cyclonic Rift is better than Boomerang, period. Yeah. So. Maybe maybe Don Miner can comment on that. Yeah, we should uh, call him and ask him about it someday. Yeah, maybe that could be a thing. Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. Okay. We were looking at EDHREC.com and saw that Mistform Ultimus is actually as far down the list in Mono Blue Generals as 24th. 24th? Yeah, that's pretty far down. That's low as hell, actually. At the time that we are recording, there are 104 lists for Old Misty there. 105? Um, Somebody added one while we were recording. Yes, the show notes say 104. Okay. So F that guy, (laughs) whoever he is. (laughs) Average converted mana cost for this deck, 3.34. That's pretty good. It's good. A little bit below 3.5, which means on turn three... More often than not, you'll have, you know, one or two things out. Something going on. Critical turn, five. It's slow because, I mean, you're you're ramping up with a bunch of two twos that, you know, it's it's slow. Yeah, you're ramping into playing your three your three drop stuff. You It's three drop stuff, so yeah. it's only so fast. Optimal game size, six. It's the kind of thing where you might need attention from a few other people to kind of, you know, tap out, swing it at somebody else, and then you get them on the crackback. Yep. You so got to fly in under the radar because there's a Krenko guy at the table, or there's an Anafenza at the table, or there's yeah, something else terrible That's happening. exactly it. So, uniqueness rating. Differences in my deck today than the 
or from the stock list on edhrec.com, there are 23 different cards. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of low. But given <laughs> what we were talking about earlier, where Mistform Ultimus suffers a lot from the Zata effect, where That's there's only exactly so it. many cards that you can play with or that are good. I'll take it. The four tutors in the deck really hurt the spicy rating. We are looking at a spice rating currently of 33. Ooh. 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 That's sir- that's sriracha sauce. That I is, hate sriracha that's sauce. Oh, yeah. Now it's ketchup with pepper in it. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do have the stats. If the tutors were excluded, sure. So if we had they're clones of some sort, say yeah, clones or other equipment or wh- whatever. Sure. Tune the deck however you want. Three tutors instead of four. It would be thirty-five instead of thirty-three. It's not that big a change. No. If you went two tutors, you'd have a spice you bump the spiciness up to thirty-eight. It's a little better. And if you had zero or one tutors, forty-four. That's not too bad. I think above forty is is just fine. Yep. That means you're not playing a just like everybody else dot deck deck. Yeah. So you keep the Sea Hunter, balls the rest of that stuff, you're off to the races. Yep, I like Sea Hunter. Sea Hunter's For, excellent. You know what you could do is keep the Sea Hunter. And balls the rest of the tutors and include merfolk to find with the sea hunter. There's lots of other merfolk that just aren't lords that do sweet stuff. Will will for sure benefit. Yeah, one of them is even a ramp spell, scrying seanist or some crap. I don't know what it does. It taps for colorless. It doesn't matter. It's a one one for two that taps for colorless. It's a merfolk. So that's the deck. That is the tier five list. Now a little bit underpowered because it's a jack of all trades, master of none, but very fun and. Commander focused, which is not quite the same or the th- common theme of the other tier fivers. And we're going to read the descriptions now as a little bit of a teaser to, uh, I guess, what you can look forward to over the next few episodes. Tier five, which we just talked about, is described as janky generals that can't win often in competitive metas. Vanilla generals fit in here, as well as stuff like Gallobraid. They usually can't do much. Those commanders may, are mainly used as placeholders or simply to fly under the radar with a strategy that doesn't require your commander. Hold on a sec. The only thing I heard there was commanders like Gallobraid. F that guy because Gallobraid's good. So is Mornfen. Gallobraid and Mornfen are 5-5 five, five tramplers or flyers, depending if it's Gallobraid or Mornfen, and they have cumulative upkeep. Pay one life. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so then you just mirror universe or whatever, like uh, the ones where you... It liches mirror, Magus of the mirror. Or, um, yeah, yeah, Magus of the mirror works because you switch life totals. Or Eternity Vessel from original Zendikar, Landfall gain, or Landfall, your life becomes what it was when you played the card. So you play Eternity Vessel at 40, and then every time you Landfall, your life goes back to 40. Nice. I like that for sure. I like that lots too. So, tier four. Tier four. These decks are somewhat weak. They have trouble winning in competitive metas, but may do well in casual games. They need a very favorable meta and a very lucky hand to win against decks like Zer. Yeah, F Zer. Zer's a terrible guy. Tier four is going to be next week's deck. We're going to talk Caravec the Merciless. Oh, you spoiled it. Yeah, I spoiled it. I'm nah, sorry. that's okay. It's you know, okay. We've, we've mentioned Caravec on the, on the cast a few times, and we think he's a big dick. He is a big dick. That's why we think that. But not in a good way, though. You'll see when we let's get to next week. Let's not go into why he's a good... Just, uh, yeah, no, no, we're not... No, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Let's, let's read Tier 3. Tier 3 is where we start getting into the, the meat and potatoes. This is the middle tier. They can't usually compete against the Tier 1 decks, but might do fine with Tier 2. They usually have the aggro problem or are wildly inconsistent. Most of the pump-stomp decks that dominate casual metas go in here. They may have a bad reputation, but that doesn't make them Tier 1. Bad reputation are on the kitchen table. Yes. The the one we're talking about for Tier 3 definitely has that. Guys like Krenko also are in Tier 3. Yeah, for sure. And they will, uh, I guess, shithaul untuned decks, Tier 4, Tier 5 decks. And they can beat Tier 2 decks pretty handily if they've got the good or if they've got their version of the nut drop. Right. But by and large, these are the decks that if they get into a bar fight, they're going to win the bar fight. But you put them in the UFC ring, they're going to get their ass beat. They're tapped out pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. So let's move right along here. We'll go up to Tier 2. These are less powerful than Tier 1 decks, but still quite quite strong. These can definitely hold their own against Tier 1 decks. They are usually a turn slower than Tier 1, or they have consistency issues. So these are your combo, control-y, 
very focused, aggro-y. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you have a crystallized plan here. You're not going to be being a jack of all trades in this meta problem. Exactly. And this list actually includes the tier 1.5. And let us know maybe, do you want to hear the tier 1.5 or do you want us to roll in 1.5 and 1 together? Because tier 1.5 are kind of the same thing as tier ones, except they're either meta dependent or they might have, you know, a consistency problem or maybe they're a little bit more fragile. Yes. And they're, we'll start they're just as powerful, but they're more fragile. Maybe that's the best way to say it. There's more glass in the cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to tier one. Tier one, these are the decks. They're the most powerful in EDH. The combo decks can go off on turns three, five. The stacks decks, they can get lockouts on turn three or four. The hybrid decks get a disruption engine by turn two, four. They will commonly be seen at competitive tables, and players should know how to combat them. They are resilient, pack protection and backup plans, and take dedicated hate to truly counter. Never underestimate these decks as they are the strongest in the format. Yep. Two things about that. The Command Zone podcast actually, independently of us, actually just did an episode on all of the tier one lists. They did all of them in one? Well, they just covered like a kind of a, a few minute summary of each of the different vendors. Yeah. Neat. Very informative. We're going to go deep on one of them for sure. The other thing about them is the tier one lists are tier one because the combos that they win by are very small and compact and the deck is built around finding and protecting it, right? Yes. Or in the case of somebody like uh, Prosh, uh, Sky Raider of Care, he's a tier one and he has like 50-some ramp cards to play his six-mana body. That's why he's good because all of the deck is just dedicated strictly to him. Just playing Prosh. Oh. And then replaying Prosh yeah. and replaying Prosh. With Food Chain. And you know what? I guess the, the Tier 1 lists, and that's, this is partly why I wanted to roll the Tier 1.5 lists in, is the Tier 1 lists, by and large, they they kind of only have three different combos between the nine different commanders. Yeah. And if you roll in the 1.5s, it's going to open up a whole bunch of new avenues to win by. Let's so just maybe, do this. Let's yeah, roll maybe, it in. Maybe we do that. Yeah. We're making the executive decision. We are. Push the red button. Let's do it. So we'll just finish up the show for this week. Uh, we probably should have read that tier list at the beginning of the show, hey? Uh, yeah, I suppose, but a little bit of a teaser. Yeah. Teaser. Teaser going into next week. Let us tease our next episode. So what do we want to say about Mistform Ultimus? Mistform Ultimus is a prototypical tier 5 deck. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of janky. It's super affordable. But there are better ways to do everything that it does and we're going to get into that kind of next week and in the weeks that follow as we move our way up the ranks and we're going to move into tier four on the next episode of commander cookout podcast hit our theme song hello hey is this dean goody this is dean goody is it writer for edhrec.com dean goody yeah, yeah, that's that's the, that's me. Co-host of Commander Time podcast, Dean Goody. I do that sometimes. Hey, this is uh Brando and Ryan from CCO Podcast. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Dean Goody? What's Pretty going good. down? Not too much. Just chilling with the newborn. Oh, you had a newborn. Uh, do tell. How's he doing? Ah, uh, he's awesome. He's uh he's a super chill baby, actually. That's he, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have a name all picked out? Yeah, he's uh, Ellison. Ellison John Thurston Goody. Elliston John Thurston Goody. Yeah, he's got four names. That's like eighteen super powerful names. I like that. I got I got yeah. uh, I got four names too. FYI, just good on. Oh you. yeah, cool. The multiple name is a thing. So uh, we were actually yeah. just talking kind of before we called you, and uh, we thought that in honor of you having uh, a new little addition to your life, we could give you the first piece ever of CCO merchandise. So we'd figure it was like a. Like we could like a bib or something, and, and what would it say, Ryan? Oh. It would say "F you, Dean Goody." Yeah.